Take a break from your busy schedule and join Harold Sala for Guidelines for Living. The Yiddish writer Ayel Peretz tells the story of a downtrodden, poverty-stricken man by the name of Banchi who dies and goes to heaven. As a reward for his years of suffering, an angel asks him what is his most fervent wish. The man replies, I should like to have every morning a hot roll with fresh butter. That was it. A warm piece of bread with butter. Forget the expensive car, the Rolex, the palatial mansion, sitting in the front row of the choir. He was satisfied with what he wished for on earth, but had often been denied. What would it take for you to be really satisfied? If I only had, we often say, usually filling in the blanks with material items, then I would be happy. Well, no one in his right mind would deny that three square meals a day, adequate housing, clothing, friends and family, a roll in butter are important. But if we place too much value on the trappings of affluence as a prerequisite to being happy? Frankly, the more electronic gadgets and sophisticated toys we have, it seems to me, the greater our frustration in keeping them working. There's one thing for sure. The decade to come is going to bring more and more books on articles on how to be happy, how to find fulfillment, how to reach your dream. Within the field of psychology, writes Susie Parker, there's a groundswell of support for a new subspecialty known as positive psychology. Researchers say they want to study good feelings rather than bad, to put the emphasis on mental health rather than mental illness. It seems even the experts are becoming sick of sickness, end quote. The new focus is on the luxury of feeling good, as opposed to addressing what's wrong with you that makes you feel bad. Forget the fix, focus on good feelings. But the question is, is it okay to feel good when your feelings are a short-lived euphoria, much like the high a couple of ibuprofen will give you if you have a headache? when there's something fundamentally wrong, something that needs to be fixed? No, I don't drink vinegar and tell myself to forget about feeling good because eventually I'll feel bad again, and I like a hot roll with butter. But unrealistic stress on feeling good at the cost of reality and truth doesn't square with an age-old textbook on life and what it says. The Bible is strangely silent on steps to feeling good about yourself after your husband leaves you or your financial failure or after you are evicted from your rental house. It says the antidote to human failure, which the Bible calls sin, is God's forgiveness. In a thousand ways, it speaks of the peace that comes knowing you are right with God, which in turn brings a sense of well-being. But this is different than the emphasis on happiness— which is often akin to blowing warm air on a cold thermostat and convincing yourselves that you are warm and pleasant. Being right, stresses God's word, is more important than just feeling right. God's textbook, which I hesitate to even call God psychology, suggests that when we think of happiness as a byproduct of being right with God, with our husband or wife, with our neighbor and our world, then we are at peace with the world. You can be certain there's going to be a big market for the happiness books. But as Britney Spears, who has had fame and popularity, asks, if there's nothing missing in my life, why do these tears come at night? Being right helps you do the right thing. 
And when you do that, you'll stumble across happiness as a byproduct. It's the kind that really, really lasts. You've just heard Guidelines for Living. For more practical and inspirational messages, visit guidelines.org. If you find our devotionals helpful and would like to share them with others, consider supporting our ministry with a donation. Again, that's guidelines.org. Thanks for listening to Guidelines for Living.